The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, Farlanders. My name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. What is this business in the upper right-hand corner of my screen? This is a surprise and an annoyance of the greatest kind, indeed. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, are those going to keep happening? Listen, we have, we have many stories to tell you. Thank you, Furnace, for giving me my iron ingots. You can have those, too. Um, hi! Welcome! To the year 2020, the future, where we still depend on a fragile, uh, a fragile infrastructure for electric power and internet accessibility. One that is so fragile that we already were two and a quarter days, Minecraft days, into this episode of Far Lands or Bust, episode 764, if I didn't already say that, when the power went out. All of the power went out all across the world. No, in, in my house, at least. Neighborhood, probably. Hopefully. Um, so we have to start over. <laughs> I, I said a bunch of things. Uh, a lot of those things... I regret and cannot take back, but we're getting a second chance. Um, so yeah, hello, hi, it's Friday. This episode, anyway, is coming out on Friday, January 3rd, 2020. I mean, that is if, of course, we can actually successfully record the whole thing. And it's being recorded live on Twitch. Happy, happy new decade and new year, my friends. I hope you had a good one. I did. Indeed, and I'm not saying anything else about it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, welcome to the first Far Lands or Bust episode of 2020. Uh, wow, this is... Uh, it's so, I'm, I'm so much better at speaking off the cuff um, that now I'm trying to remember, like, my script of what I said before. I felt like it had good flow, a good... a good uh, tempo interest. We had some quippy little jokes in there that now the spontaneity is lost on me, which is a real sad thing, as the music is clearly illustrating for us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the things I did over the holiday, the New Year's holiday, is I set up, I tested out, and I have, unless something else catastrophic happens. I've chosen this Farlands or Bust Season 8 charity fundraiser. Charity, I guess is what you could say. Uh, I am not, however, ready to announce it on this episode. Next episode I will be, because I need to get the farlandsorbust.com website updated with the proper links and information to it. 
Ooh, that's a thing I didn't check. I didn't check if there was a widget that I could include on the website itself. I don't know that there is, but that's okay because y'all can just go directly to the charity fundraiser page and it'll all be there. I don't feel like that's 100% a necessary thing to have. Or there might be a way for me to include it in like an iframe or something. Web design. I know about it at least from 2008. I know about it. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming up in the next episode, episode 765, uh, where I will announce. And I think, I think it'll be one that you all enjoy. A little bit of a change of uh, topic, I suppose, in our charities. But one that is uh, in a roundabout way, or even in a direct way, personal to me and uh, the current life that I lead. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm hoping and, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it'll it'll be something exciting for, for you guys. And, and also, I am going to be adopting the uh, where the donation goal is going to equal the megabytes of the world save, which currently, before we started recording this episode, was 29,390 megabytes. So the goal, had we started today, would be $29,390 to be raised before the end of the season. Um, which I feel like was a really good idea that came up with at the end of the last season to kind of move things along and make it a little bit more interactive. But, uh, yes, it's the Kurt <laughs> Buys Another Car charity. Um, <laughs> indeed. But no, uh, yeah, that, that's, but no, yeah, that's, that's coming up. That's coming up, and, uh, it'll, it'll of course be yet another reason for me to get a little, get, get a little bit uh, in front of this Farlands or Bus thing. Did, did I say this? Did I say this? The last take? But I had a bathroom idea. See, I invented this toilet. No, uh, I had a, an idea in the bathroom where I'm like, what if last year, obviously, we tried, I think succeeded, not numerically, but we, we tried playing 365 games in a year. I was thinking, what if I only played Farlands or Bust this year? The exact opposite of that. What if I focused on Farlands or Bust? Would, would that help, say, my channel, my job? Obviously, it would help Farlands or Bust. Or would it be a detriment to people who like to see the, the varied, wild and wacky content that you've come to know and reluctantly love on the Kurt J. Mac channels? Uh, that's not going to happen, obviously, but I, as I've said before, I would like to focus more on the Farlands or Bust adventure, journey, and also fundraiser. So, uh, that's where that's at. What else did I talk about? <laughs> this is, this is the worst. This is the worst. And this is also why I back up the world before every episode. Um... Something like this might happen. Something like this might happen and has happened. Uh, that is, that's how the uh, the Heidi Hole paradox came to be. Is because I was not 
properly restoring from backups. But, uh, but yeah, continuing on here, I hope you had a good new year. I didn't do anything particularly special. Uh, stayed in. It was kind of rainy and gross around the Seattle area. Went out for a couple, like, walks. Not really hikes or anything like that. Um, I did. I did sign up for my week-long free trial of Disney+. Plus. Me and the girlfriend walked, walked, watched all the way through The Mandalorian. Half-man, half-Delorean. We watched all the way through that. On New Year's Eve, we finally watched Avengers Endgame, because neither of us had seen it yet. Pretty much nearly forgotten about it. And uh, and that's all the use that Disney Plus is to us, so I'm going to cancel it before they charge me after my free week. Although another thing on there is The Simpsons. <laughs> but I can't... I have all the, like, early good seasons of The Simpsons on DVD, so I don't think keeping that around for The Simpsons is a good idea. But we did watch a few episodes of The Simpsons counting down to midnight. And you know, you know how there's all these, uh, this feels forced. This feels forced and scripted. I don't like it. Because <laughs> I've already said this before. Um, there are, uh, little things that go up on, on Twitter and Tumblr and whatever. Like, if you start Avengers Endgame at 9.35 and, and 48 seconds local time, the snap will happen exactly at midnight on New Year's Eve. Well, we didn't plan this at all, but after we finished Endgame, we didn't do that. We didn't set that up to be a thing. Uh, obviously, we hadn't seen it before. Spoilers. Jeez. Um, but... We were watching a few episodes of The Simpsons, and you know at midnight, you're supposed to kiss your significant other if they're in the room. Uh, and they were. Uh, so at the stroke of midnight, we kissed, and also happened upon an episode of The Simpsons where Homer and Marge are talking about their story about how they met, you know, at the prom or whatever. And... Uh, it just so happened to be perfectly timed with Homer and Marge smooching. And it was the most disgustingly adorable smoochy time thing that could have ever accidentally happened. And I really think I told the story better in the last take before we lost power. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, but yes, it was like... It, and like, not like, oh, it was 15 seconds off. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was right there. It was completely accidentally perfect. Uh, it was like season five or season six uh, of an episode where they're going through all the clips and stuff. Oh, creepers are spawning. Let's go to sleep. And I didn't tell that story as good as I did the last time this... <laughs> oh, buddy. All right. Whoop. Let's carry on here. Let's carry on. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I don't like going out. We're not party people. We don't drink. So going out on New Year's Eve is not a thing we do. Uh, so we stayed in. Oh, that's right. We made pizza. We made some pizza. Gluten-free pizza. We got the actual, like, the box of pizza crust dough mix and made dough. It was very good. 
Very good dough. Dough! Um, so I'm gonna have to get more of that because I have leftover pepperonis and pizza sauce. Uh, I should have done that because I have no idea what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight. Chicken nuggets it is! Um, so yeah, not otherwise a, a, a good, relaxing, chill couple of days, New Year's, New Year's Eve and all that stuff. Good times indeed. Uh, what else is up? What else is up? Well, I suppose I should start with this. I, I, I don't have any questions, but I did collect a list, a long list of games that I liked in the year 2019, that we played in the year 2019. Of course, we tried to see if we could play 365 games in the year, only came up to 225, which is still a heck of a lot of games. And I kept a list of them all, as well as a list of all the VODs and links to how to buy the games. I think I'll link that, put that link in, it's a spreadsheet in the uh, video description here, if you'd like to peruse. But from that list, I went through and organized all the games, the best games. Um, I think there's exactly 10 there. Yeah, the 10 best games. These are games that I'm like, you should play these. You should buy these and play these yourself. Another list of like, we enjoyed these games. These are good games. I would recommend them. Uh, the worst games, like the most broken, the most annoying, the most frustrating. Um... And then also games that were probably good and are reviewed well, but I didn't like them at all. So the best games that we played, not necessarily like I said that came out in 2019, but just that we played in 2019. Wreckfest and Astroneer are two games that if you like my content, you will definitely like and should buy and support. Uh, these are both games we'd played years before, in their early access versions, but something like Astroneer was a brand new game when it when we 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 took a few years break from it because I didn't want it to get Kerbal Space programmed on us. So took a few years of a break and it came back and it was a completely new game, completely new objectives, things at the centers of the universe and the the, the planets and things. Um, I really enjoyed that and it is probably the main reason why we didn't reach. <laughs> 365 games last year because uh, we played it pretty much for a month straight. Wreckfest, of course, is just Wreckfest. Uh, it's just a, 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 a good fun time. We've played it a lot on YouTube with Beef and Cone. Uh, we've joined Cone and our fans with multiplayer stuff. I've played through the single player series in its entirety only to have my save wiped and deleted because we played it during the Mindcrack Marathon and it lost the save in the cloud through that. So one one point of detriment for that thing. But uh, I really enjoyed Wreckfest. Very good, very fun game. Similarly, totally accurate battle simulator, Tabs. I'd never played Early Access, but 2019 is when it was first released on Steam. A lot of fun with that one. We played that one for a week or two straight. Another one that delayed and prevented us from reaching 365. And so many, like, good, fun Twitch clips and just, like, hilarious scenarios 
with tabs. Very fun. A game that was a bit of a surprise at how good of a game it was and became What the Golf. We played earlier in the year a demo, just like a pre-release. Hey, look at this, but like 10 levels of What the Golf. And I kind of thought that's all it was going to be. But it became a big game. So many levels. Very funny game. A lot of humor uh, and a lot of content. And just a really well-made, funny, polished... I don't think we run into really any bugs with What the Golf. Polished game. Uh, what the Golf. Uh, Planet Alpha was a surprise because I hadn't heard of it before. And it was just like, here's this game that's like a side-scrolly space adventure. I'm not usually a fan of that genre, platforming, you know, those sorts of modern platformers. But Planet Alpha was very... a visual feast and varied environments, challenging gameplay. And, and even though the storyline was a little bit vague, I feel I was interested in it. Ah, Wolfie! What was that all about? I was very interested in it all, all the way to the end. But yeah, Planet Alpha I would recommend. Other space game, Observation. This is the one where you're in a space station, but you are the space station. Uh, it's AI particularly. And you had to go around and help the astronaut who was stranded uh, and confused and figure out what happened to everybody else. Uh, that was a very good game, Observation. Similarly, but maybe not as, I think, memorable or good. Uh, Draugen? Draugen. That one had a very good storyline. Pretty simple, kind of a short game. Um, teetering on the edge of what some would describe as a walking simulator. Not really many puzzles or anything, but mostly just point-to-point storyline reveal. Um, Draugen was very good. Draugen! <laughs> um... We also found, in addition to our Connor Sherlock games, we found Moshe Link, and I'm 190% sure I'm pronouncing that completely wrong, but his walking simulator games available on itch.io, uh, most memorably Neo-Brutalism of Tomorrow, very good. All of those games I enjoyed and am now following along to see what new stuff they come up with and release throughout hopefully this next year they might and uh, I'll be very interested in playing those along with Manifold Garden speaking of your brutalist structures Manifold Garden was very enjoyable so was Superliminal between the two, I would choose Manifold Garden. Uh, its scale was a little bit greater and uh, I suppose overwhelmingly interesting versus Manif or I'm sorry, versus Superliminal, but Superliminal was really good. Um, not the, you know, some of the plot lines I don't think were earned or whatever, but just fun, a fun puzzle game uh, to get through Manifold Garden and Superliminal. Um, and of course, even though I don't know that it was like one of my personal favorite, it was certainly the internet's personal favorite. Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game is up there as 
in the, the top 10 games we played in 2019. A fun time, a fun time indeed, honk. Boop. And also in the top 10 list as a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A honorable mention, GeoGuessr. Yes, GeoGuessr has been around for a while and I'm pretty sure we even played it for a while. But 2019 was the year that it it became us. <laughs> GeoGuessr became the Kurt J. Mac channel, particularly sticking to the perfection or bust challenge where we only try to get perfect scores and if we don't, we quit and start over. So yeah, GeoGuessr, it's now, it's not a free-to-play game anymore uh, for the full experience, um, which might honestly be why it ends up being kind of a popular thing for viewers. People like to watch it now that they can't play it or they don't want to pay to play it, I suppose. Um, so I will continue to do that. Indeed. So, the next list is just lists of games we played that we liked. Maybe not the best, but very good experiences. Adrift. That was another astronaut game, but this time you are an astronaut. It was meant for VR. It would be totally cool in VR, I think. But uh, that's the one where you're floating through and you kind of think the AI is evil uh, in this broken, falling apart space station. And you end up finding floating floating corpses out there and accidentally smack them. Um, <laughs> at least I do. Uh, so that was a drift. Shelter? We never played Shelter. This is an old game. Shelter came out when we almost first started YouTubing. Uh, finally played Shelter and finally, pretty obviously, enjoyed it very much so. Speaking of those side-scrolling platformers that I'm usually not a fan of, Gris or Gree or however you want to pronounce it, that was very good. It was the first game we played in 2019 as well. It was a good experience. A good experience indeed. One that was a good experience that we didn't think would even be a good experience, I will tell you about in the morning. And awakeness. Oh, hello, chicken. I'm pushing around Wolfie. He's a bully. One that we really didn't think would be that great, because it just looked like a cheap knockoff mobile game. But we had a lot of fun with, and even completed totally. Glass Smash! Glass Smash. Glass Smash. Glass Smash. That's a very good game. Just a fun game. Might not even want to call it a good game. But it was a fun game, very challenging and interesting mechanic and unique. I think just unique in its own way. Glass Mash. Snakey Bus was similarly unique. Maybe not so that it, it held our interest long enough to keep playing it. It was a little bit repetitive when the only thing that changes is the environment that you're in. But Snakey Bus was really fun. East Shade. This is one that I didn't like, but it, we had fun with it. East Shade is that game where you start out and then you realize you're talking to deer and mouse people 
and I was very worried that I had accidentally started playing a furry game, but it turned into some sort of, like, RPG exploration, do tasks for local villagers and increase your reputation and learn about the world, sort of take, not take pictures, I'm sorry, paint pictures. You paint pictures of scenes and that's how puzzles work and you can impress people. Um, never finished it. I I mean, I finished it by falling through the world into the Sunship's place. But that was East Shade. That was just a surprise of what that ended up being, even if we didn't like it. Lovely Planet 2, April Skies. We like all the Lovely Planet games. Uh, that one is no exception. Basketball. Basketball.exe. was made by Alex Austin, who also makes a game that I should have looked up in the time between recording these two takes. <laughs> um, um, I can look it up really quick, but Basketball was just a... Kind of a off-the-cuff sort of, he's like, I made this thing and I'm not sure what to do with it, and I'm not sure it's even going to go anywhere, but I've set up a server for it. And Sub Rosa, thank you very much, Sub Rosa is the game that he's most well-known for, even though even that game is a bit of a, has a bit of a hidden cult following, I suppose, uh, that not a lot of people know about, but Sub Rosa. But yeah, basketball is that physics-y, wibbly-wobbly, four-on-four basketball game that I decided to try out. I didn't realize it was a multiplayer-only game, but then a whole bunch of people from chat on Twitch joined up, and we had many, many interesting... I put them even up on YouTube. Many interesting games of wibbly-wobbly physics-based basketball games. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Um... I still don't know what Bird of Passage is, but I liked Bird of Passage, I suppose. Fragments of Euclid. We played that before Manifold Garden came out, but it was very Manifold Garden. So much so that people thought they were the same developers, but they were not. That sort of MC Escher walking through walls that you end up on the ceiling and the gravity is different sort of thing. But I like Bird of... Oh, I'm sorry, Fragments of Euclid. Bird of Passage, I'm reminded now, is the one where you're a ghost and you're riding taxis and having conversations with the taxi drivers in Japan until you find uh, the, uh, the tree with the yellow leaves. That was that. I mean, that was pretty much a text adventure mostly, but uh, that was I enjoyed that. That had a very satisfying conclusion. Is that this is this is where the power went out the last time? Hold on, hold on to your butts, everybody. I'm also running out of time here. Thirty six apples, another itch.io game that turned out to be really good. Where you're collecting apples in the four different worlds, and then they start to change. No destination. Is this is is 2019's Carnistic? No destination was literally riding in a train car endlessly. And I ended up doing weird stuff with my green screen to put myself in the train. Um, and that, that was just funny for that reason. And it makes me also look forward to, supposedly this year, they're going, somebody's going to be coming out with a Atlantic flight passenger simulator game where you're just literally a passenger on a flight from, like, London to New York. <laughs> it's It's kind of... It's a little bit desert bus, but without having to actually drive the bus or 
drive the plane in this case. Heavenly Bodies. Oh, that's the demo we played. I'm really looking forward to actually playing that this year when it hopefully comes out. Heavenly Bodies was another kind of floaty around astronaut, but like quap. That's fun. Flower we played. Uh, that was that was good. That was right up our, our alley. Shape of the World was very similar to Flower, but a kind of an indie... Well, I guess Flower was kind of indie too, wasn't it? Um... Shape of the world we enjoyed. Orchids to dusk. I don't remember what that one was, but orchids to dust. Just Google it. Google it! Here's another game that, like, I really had a lot of fun with. We played early on. Um, but Megaton Rainfall. More people need to know about this game. This is the one where you're basically a superhero and, like, you're super... Universal God Father, Godfather? No, like Father who is a God, like bestows upon you all these superpowers to like shoot lasers and fly beyond the speed of light out to the moon and beyond the universe. And you have to basically save planet Earth from invading aliens. Um, and accidentally, kind of, sort of accidentally, not really meaning to knock down and completely collapse the Burj Kafka. Kav, however you say it, that really tall building. Um, don't, don't, don't ask. Uh, that that's just fun. I didn't keep playing it just because I found the story and the voice acting to be really silly and hard to like get past. Um, but that that's just one of those games that like more people need to know about. Like if that it, it's it the graphics are a little bit PlayStation One, I guess. If that game came out in the PlayStation One era, it would be like bigger than GTA. Um, Routine Feet. Routine Feet is the full game of the It's Winter kind of Russian apartment walking simulator. And it was really good, actually. It had a story, it had progression, it had these freaky dream worlds that you go to when you go to sleep. Really liked Routine Feet. Islanders. Islanders is the game that is like SimCity, but very simplified, and you're given very tiny islands and very tiny buildings to build around. We played that for a couple days, too, um, which is a surprise. Those generally aren't my type of games. Um, and Far Lone Sales, again, an older game that came out a year or two ago, but finally got around to playing, and uh, we enjoyed our experience with it. Uh, am I going to need to make this a four-day episode? Because uh, I'm running... I feel like if I do that, I'm going to run out of content halfway into the fourth day, and then it's just going to be dead air. Um, the worst games that we played last year. Arma 3, specifically the single-player game, which I believe was called Contact. This was given to us by the developer, or the publisher, or the PR company of the publisher. And I, I think the only people who could enjoy it are people who already really are into and really know everything about Arma 3 and the Arma franchise and the world. Because it was mind-numbingly boring, for starters. Excessively complex and complicated in its controls um, and very 
very poorly voice acted. <laughs> um, so yeah, Arma 3 Contact, no. No, thank you. The Nash Racing series. There were five games, all of various titles, like Nash Racing, Nash Racing Explosion, and there were other games, all by the same developer, that were clear and obvious, blatant asset flips of Unity game assets. I think three of which simply did not work. They just simply didn't function as video games. Um, specifically the one where you like have cars with guns on top of them. Uh, it just didn't didn't run like it ran, but it like nothing. You couldn't drive the car no matter what you did. And obvious blatant asset flips. I'm pretty sure I returned them all. I think those are the only games that I that I got a refund for on Steam. As as well, they don't deserve any money for the crimes and treasonous crimes they are committing with those asset flips. All right, you know what? We're doing it. We're doing a, uh, a three-day episode. Or a four-day episode. They're normally three-day episodes. Ah, okay, I'm just gonna... Put <laughs> a whacking Wolfie upside the head. I'm really... I'm really tempting fate here. Because if this power goes out again, then we're screwed. And <laughs> I'm just gonna quit and give up. And, uh, pray for constant powerness, please. Please. Uh, let's make a boat. Oh, wait, don't I have a boat? Oh, well. <laughs> a wolfie. You know what, while I'm here, I don't need to do that here, but I guess I should make my Ed Sheeran's. Ah, uh, uh, was that a joke I made this time or last time? I can't tell. It's all blurring together. Um... So yeah, the Nash Racing games. Blech. Blech. Similarly, Max Payne 3. I had the game for a long time. Honestly, I think somebody gifted it to me. But I never played it just because, much like the reboot of the Tomb Raider series, it was Rockstar taking over the Max Payne series and Rockstarizing it. We had a few fun moments but mostly at the bugs and glitches. But it was just, it was just overbearing and overwrought and just, it's just annoying. It was just not, not a Max Payne game. It was not good. It was gross. We did see some video game boobs though. So, I mean, can't be too harsh. <laughs> ah, uh, I mean, I guess we also accidentally saw those in Max Payne too. But uh, that's only because it wasn't designed for a widescreen monitor. All right. What else were the worst games that we played? The Lego Lord of the Rings and Lego The Hobbit. I don't even think they'd be good for children. I think we got them free. They were probably free on the Epic Store or something. No, they. that's it. You can't buy them anymore. They were being taken off the shelves, the digital shelves. So they were made free for like a week uh, before you could never buy them again. So I played them and I'm like, good riddance. Be cast, cast back into the fires of Mount Doom, never to see the light of day again. Lego Lord of the Rings games. 
Now here's a game that is early access. So true, it isn't complete. But I think the only way to make it not the worst game is to scrap it and start completely over. And that would be Deadliest Catch, the game. Oh man, we gave that one a real college try, didn't we? Of course, another one that was given to me by the developer. But man, that was just a... Like, it could have been interesting, but it was mostly killed by the fact that you had to sort and organize your catch, your crabs, which uh, in the case of that game, you end up pulling up, oh, I don't know, three or four hundred at a time. You had to individually make sure that they were the right size and the right sex. And that was a process that took about, oh, I don't know, 20 seconds per crab. And it was abysmal. And then the game started deleting things that you bought, like, oh, I don't know, your crab pots that allow you to catch crabs. Um, that was just a really bad game. <laughs> that was a horrible game. It's still in development, I guess. Uh, and they're still trying to put it out. Made by the same people who made Cooking Simulator and Thief Simulator and all sorts of simulator games, some of which are better quality and more liked than others. Um, also, coming soon, I Am Jesus Christ. Woo! Everybody look forward to that one now. So yeah, Deadliest Catch the Game. Here's an indie game where I know what they were trying to do, but maybe they sh should learn about how to make games. Kings of Lorne, The Fall of Ibris. This is one I didn't even bother to upload to YouTube. A little bit Skyrim-y, first person hack and slash, if you can call it that. Medieval sort of demon hunty sort of zombie skeleton thing. Um, but it was just really bad. Really bad. It was really bad. And then we eventually after like hours of playing, got through the first level and got to the first boss battle, which were three bosses, and they kill you instantly and there's nothing you can do. Were they trying to be a Souls-like game? I don't know. It didn't seem like it. Um, but it was it, it was like, I don't I don't think they've done this right. <laughs> I don't think this game has been assembled correctly. Um, and it looked bad. It was funny bad until it became bad bad. Uh, that was the fall of Ibris. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Kings of Lorne, colon, the fall of Ibris. Uh, similar to the TV show inspired video games, the Grand Tour game. The Grand Tour game. Very bad. <laughs> Not recommended. Don't know. The Grand Tour game. We even, we got paid to play that. They paid us human monies because it was a it was a, a a twitch bounty to play that and still i feel like i got a bad deal <laughs> it's okay i've already been paid i can say whatever i want now um it's a whole new decade statue of limitations but yeah the grand tour game 
uh, just, just very bad and boring and uh, you have to sit through about 20 minutes of like the actual Grand Tour footage. Basically, if you've watched the Grand Tour series, you don't want to play the game because it for forces you to watch the Grand Tour series all over again. Because that's what the cutscenes are in between the actual driving challenges and, you know, the video game part of the video game. Lastly, now I, I, I didn't put any like free or like super indie itch.io games on here because, yeah, we played a lot of those and a lot of those were maybe even not functional or bad, but, uh, you know, I, that's forgivable because a lot of that stuff might be, oh, they're, they're learning how to make games. This is their first game. They're in school or this is a project and it's in progress. Um, so all the games on the worst list are games that are for sale and you can buy with money on platforms. And uh, Balconing Simulator falls into that realm because it is available on Humble. Because Humble has started publishing some games. Careful, Wolfie. Balconing Simulator would be forgivable if it was like a free download. Itch.io quirky little game. It's the one where you jump off the balconies and try to hit the pool and do a bunch of flips. It doesn't work in its current state. Heck! Alright, let's go a little bit further outside of this giant lava liquid hot magma waterfall. Lava fall? Pretty neat though. Mmm. Thumbnail. Alright. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, and even, you know, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the quirky, uh, the quirky uh, 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 ragdoll physic puzzle games. I like your human false flat. I like your basketball.exe. But this is just bad. This is bad. This, this is just not good. The controls make no sense whatsoever. As part of the game, it gives you more points for drinking booze and being drunk before jumping off the balcony, which I suppose, if I can say, that I suppose for the story and the plot that that could be canon for somebody who is planning on jumping off of a hotel balcony into the hotel swimming pool. But this is bad and disappointing. And I'm like, why is Humble doing anything with this? What is, what's going on here? What has happened? Are you okay, Humble? So that! are the worst games of 2019. Obviously, there we've played worse games than that. I mean, Ocean City Racing comes to mind. The Ocean City Racing of shooting games. Uh, what was that called? That was called... Uh, what was that called? Uh, you know, you can kick boys. <laughs> that game uh, surely would go up on the decades worst games list, but I can't possibly ask my brain to remember all the games I've played over the decade. Heavily Armed, that's the one. Uh, oh, this is dangerous for Wolfie, I think. Oh dear. It's fine. Oh god. You'll be fine. Right? Hey, why aren't you? Oh god. Uh oh, the sun's going down. I'm not done with my list. No! Oh! Here are games that are, are well acclaimed, and we played, but just weren't my type of game or I didn't like them. Stardew Valley, 
I enjoyed for a little bit, but a lot of those elements, the romance elements, even just the being a farmer, the life simulator elements, not a big fan. Wasn't into that sort of thing. Um, another reason why I'm not into RPGs. Uh, so, Stardew Valley. Good game, not for Kurt J. Mack. Control. Ooh, that was one of the... That was coming up on the, one of the last games we were playing. I want to like it, because it's by the makers of the original Mac's Pain games, like the not Rockstar one. Um, and I'm still interested in the story, but the mechanics, the gameplay, specifically the combat, are very disappointingly cliched, uh, and also just not well balanced. There's no difficulty slider. Like, for someone who just wants to enjoy the story. And is too old to deal with all that other video game stuff. Fez, similarly, definitely turned out to be one of those side-scrolly platformers that I don't like. Uh, but Fez. Anti-Chamber. This is a game like Manifold Garden or Superliminal. Some of my favorite games. But... Again, I feel like it's got its head on up its own butt in its elitism over the way the puzzles are presented or the progression is kind of been like there's a gatekeeper. Like, you're not good enough <laughs> to continue on. More to that point, The Witness we tried playing. I just, I, I beautiful game, but I feel like poorly executed and again very gatekeepy about its progression and I'm just I'm not about that life I want to be friends with my video games I don't want to hate them as I work through them uh, and finally A Plague Tale Innocence man we tried we gave that one a shot it was enjoyable up until it stopped and again got a lot of good reviews ended up on a lot of people's top 10 lists and uh I'm just not a fan of stealth games, and uh, I would have liked to have seen that story out, but it just relied way too heavily on, on a very repetitive and pretty annoying stealth mechanic that I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. But yeah, there we go. That was the last one. I did it, everybody. A four-day Farlands or Bust episode to start out your 2020. Should all the episodes be four days long? I feel like that might be a little bit too long. Don't you? Or not? I don't know. Uh, let me know in the comments below. I never read them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do. Sometimes. Uh, so yeah, thank you everybody for watching. I do appreciate it. We made it without losing power. Hopefully. I gotta wrap it up here. Um, Farlandsorbus.com, I'll soon be updating that, and I'll be updating you in the next episode for our new charity fundraiser. Once again, I hope you all had a safe and happy New Year's, and I look forward to having you along for the ride in this new year. My name is Kurt. Thank you so much for watching. I will see you next time. <laughs> Thank you.
Very good, Doe. Doe.